Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast for another episode. A really special interview today with someone in the golf industry who is excelling in life and excelling in business. Yes, on today, episode 70 of the podcast, we've got the one and only Andy Proudman. You'll more than likely know Andy as one half of the highly successful Me and My Golf team, probably the internet's most successful online golf instruction and content creators. However, today we get the opportunity to chat to Andy about his own personal project, the Live Like a Legend podcast, which I'm a huge fan of. Andy's podcast is all about helping people understand his strategies for living like a legend and giving people an insight into his interest of personal growth and development. The episodes include interviews with special guests and also interviews where there's just Andy one-on-one. For me, I find huge relatable value in every episode, which I can apply to personal life, business life and golf. Please enjoy this open and relaxed chat with Andy. I was very lucky to be able to grab some of his time. I'd be interested to see you listen in and see how I handled it. Some huge value in the episode, and I've included a list of Andy's reading material in the show notes. As always, thanks for tuning in. Please feel free to share this with any of your friends, family, colleagues, anyone who you feel may be interested in this episode or the podcast series in general. And if you're enjoying what we're doing, let us know. And please feel free to leave us a review over at iTunes so this will help the podcast grow. Enjoy this episode with Andy Proudman from the Live Like a Legend podcast. Sit back, relax, enjoy, and just take it all in. Andy Proudman, good morning and welcome to the My Love of Golf podcast. How are you, sir? I'm great, thank you, Ross. How are you? Mate, I am fantastic over here in Australia. Before you get there, you know, with the weather, is it warm? It's absolutely freezing. And, is it really? Uh, it's freezing. And if I told you, <laughs> if I told you, and we were just talking before about Melbourne, so you know Melbourne and where we are, if I told you I could take you to two metres or a metre and a half's worth of snow within an hour's worth of drive here, you wouldn't believe me, but it's absolutely, no. that's how cold it is, it's snowing. Yeah, yeah, do you know what, every time I've been to Australia, you never think that, you, know, you just don't really associate anywhere with cold, but I know when I was, I was in Brisbane in um, last, at the back end of last year, a lot of people were visiting from Melbourne, they were like, oh, it's so cold in Melbourne at the moment, it's like five degrees Celsius, and they were really, all enjoying the, yeah. the Brisbane sun, so um, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know what it's like. That's, uh, that's this country, and uh, that's why we love it, and that's what makes us so unique. Andy, thanks for joining joining us it was a big thing for me to I guess you know stump up the courage to ask yourself to jump on the uh, podcast and I think it was a big thing for you to to agree and I really do appreciate that so how's it going for you good yeah there's uh I mean, we were lucky that we were in the um, that we were in this business in terms of we've got something aside from just coaching because you know we, we've got obviously our, our membership site which is really important. We've got our social media channels which continue to go and and um, yeah, it's it's okay really. We're just we're fortunate that we can just continue to to do what we do. We can't get on the golf course, obviously, but you know, the membership's growing still and, and people are still hungry for content. They still want to improve. And so it's been a, the last few weeks have, have been, yeah, been okay. <laughs> it's not really, but I think I've, I've enjoyed it because it's given, it gives, given me a chance to sort of think and refocus and get out of the usual routine and uh, have a bit of space away from it. I think when I reached out to you, my motivation was around having a chat to you about one of your passion projects and that's your own podcast, the Live Like a Legend podcast. And uh, I guess 
I'm just going to dive straight in. I'm going to lead with my chin here. If I said to you that uh, sitting here right now, I'm actually quite comfortable, but sitting here before we jumped on here, I had a little bit of fear and uncomfort. What would your response be? I would say that's that's perfectly natural. And I still have those feelings now all the time. And if you're not having those feelings, that's when you need to be worried because that's when you're getting too comfortable. So the fact that you reached out to me and, and, and said that it took a bit of courage to do that means that you're pushing yourself and you're actually doing things that, that make you uncomfortable. So, you know, you've got to, if you don't ask, you don't get. And, you know, if you didn't ask me, I wouldn't have come on. <laughs> yeah, you know, so you've asked me and I've come on. And it's amazing what you do when you actually just ask people. And my thought is that people who, you know, people who are doing things reasonably well and from the successful people that, that I've met, they want to help you out. You know, they, they want to share and they want to help you out. So I think if you, just go, if you just ask for what you want and you just reach out to people, it's amazing what you can get if you just ask the question. You know, I'll do a podcast if I'm, if I'm doing a podcast with somebody or, you know, I'll still maybe feel that little bit of uncomfortable. It depends on the guest, but, you, you know, you, that's, that's, that's all part of it. And, you know, if I, the day where I'm feeling comfortable every week, is the day when I it's like, well, that's there's something needs to change mm. because you've got to be prepared to just continue to put yourself in these un- uncertain situations where you don't feel comfortable because that's when you're getting better. And this is the reason why I created my podcast. It's all about personal growth and development. And that growth and development comes from the feelings that you've just experienced that you said. Yeah. And uh, you've got to put yourselves in more of these situations. So, uh, you know, fair play to you for, first of all, just sharing that because most people wouldn't share that. And second of all, for doing it and for, for reaching out and doing something different. And, and uh, that's exactly what we're probably going to be discussing today. It's a big thing for me, this podcast. It means a lot to me. And, you know, I'm a, essentially, I'm a creative-oriented person. And doing the podcast was allowing me to open up my experiences, my experience, and, uh, and share some of the stories that I've, I get to you know, glean from people who I meet. You know, so I'm lucky and fortunate that I've met some quite cool people, you know, sports people and business people and, and so on and so forth. And I just thought that there's an opportunity there for me to use some of that experience to share some stories who are essentially people who love golf. And that's what's called my yeah. love of golf. And But I, I just, every time, you know, I have this sense of uh, nerves. That to me means it's important. Yeah. It's, it's one of the things that I try and, you know, focus on and, you know, use as a bit of power and use as a bit of, you know, motivation to just keep going because every time, I have that sort of feeling and you know, I've never really told anyone that, but there you go. So, mate. Yeah. Do you know, I think it, it's, I think it's a really important part of, of development. And I think one of the things that, you know, we, we, we when you have that feeling, you're doing something that, that your brain's saying, you don't, you don't really want to be doing, you know, your brain's saying, I need to avoid this because I'm uncertain. I'm not comfortable and, and all this. Mm. But I think one of the things that it's just, it's just a, it's just fear of the future, isn't it? You know, any, any of this anxiety or whatever it is, it, you know, I try and reframe it to be excitement. You know, mm. yes, it might be nerves, but I, I try and reframe it and go, well, look, this is excitement, this mm. is. And if, and if I think of it like that, it tends to, to make it a little bit easier. But I think whenever you feel that nerves, that uncomfortable feeling, it's obvious, you're obviously about to do something that's going to stretch you, which is good. And when you go through that and when you experience it, you look back and go, what was I, what was I even nervous about? What, what, like, there was nothing to be nervous about. There's, there's, we're just having a chat. And, and I think one of the tools that I always use is that I always, if, if I'm ever in a situation where I'm feeling uncomfortable, I always think about the feeling I'm going to get when I've done it. Mm. So it's, I, I sort of project myself into the future and go, 
okay, how am I going to feel after I've experienced what I've experienced? Because I know that feeling is going to be great. So for me there, I go, okay, I know I'm doing a good thing if that feeling is going to be good. And that pulls me through it. So if, if my brain's saying, no, you don't really want to do that, Andy, you, you might be a little bit uncomfortable or you might be a little bit fearful or whatever, and your brain's trying to say, don't do it. I know it's the right thing to do if I think about how I'm going to feel after I've done it. Yeah. So that always, for me, pulls me through it. And um, I think that's a great tool that I use all the time just to go, right, how am I going to feel after I've done this? And then I just go, right, I'm just going to do it, take action and just crack on. You've been quite open about in the podcast series that I listen to, just telling people how you have felt and stories like that. You know, like I'm always fascinated with your Toastmasters uh, discussions. I, I didn't actually think it existed anymore. Yeah. But it made yeah. me look into it and I haven't, there's not one around here. It's not to say that I can't go to one, but uh, what's Toastmasters mean to you? And what, and tell, if someone doesn't know what Toastmasters is, tell us what it, what it is and how do you use so, it? To, yeah. So Toastmasters is basically, um, it's a public speaking club. So it's where people go and, and, and learn to, you know, learn skills to be a better speaker basically. And um, I'm always, I'm, I'm a person who's always trying to predict the future, see where things are going and seeing what skills I need to learn for down the line. So the things that I think I'll need, I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to start working at them now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, something I want to do is, you know, I'm passionate about sharing what I'm doing and what I'm learning to help other people. So if I want to do that and do it in a bigger scale, I need to, I need to work on, you know, some public speaking skills. And it's an area that I'm interested in. It's an area that I've not necessarily had any experience in. So therefore my skills need to be developed. So I signed up to the Toastmasters and, and I go every two weeks, the clubs every two weeks, and you work on your skills, you do speeches, you do impromptu speaking, you know, you get feedback and, and you sort of, you, you basically just work and develop your, your, your speaking skills. So it's something for me that was, um, I wanted to do. I wasn't necessarily very good at it because I hadn't done any. And speaking to a camera is, I suppose speaking to a camera for me now is, is really, really easy. Mm-hmm. But at the start, it wasn't. You know, it was like, I'm not very good in front of camera, but why should I be? I'd never done it. It was a new situation. You have to develop the skills and learn like anything. So I developed the skills and, and learned to speak in camera by just actually doing it, by throwing myself into that situation, accepting the, the feeling of maybe being a bit nervous and or uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but just doing it anyway. So that, that was sort of part of the process for me. And then I suppose with, this, with, the, with the public speaking, where you're speaking to an audience, I had that same feeling as I did at the start of the, the camera. So I'm like, okay, I, I know what this feeling's like. I know it's just a matter of learning the skills and doing it more and more often, so I'm comfortable at it. Um, so when the, 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 um, the opportunity arises to, to speak and do this in public, I'll have practiced it. And we were talking before about the uh, PGA seminar that's in Brisbane last year. And, you know, that was the first... That was the first time me and Pierce, um, my business partner, had, had actually done a, you know, a public presentation, and we were the keynote speakers to 250 Australian PGA pros. Mm. <laughs> so it was like we'd never done any any public speaking really to any extent like that presentation, and then we were finishing off the the week at the PGA show with all these guys, and we had to do this this sort of so talk about being thrown in the deep end and doing it. Um, but I sort of, I knew that that was where things were going to go. So I'm like, well, okay, if I know, if I'm looking ahead at the future, I always think, what are the skills that I can start working on now? So when I can 
when these opportunities come, I'm going to be better equipped, better developed, and and um, continue to improve. So for me, that's a that's a, that's a side that I'm really interested in. And it's amazing when you watch a good speaker now. When I see a speaker now, you know a good one and an, from an inexperienced one yeah. because of the little things and the awareness that you've got about what they do and, and, and things like that. So it's um, it's all part of it, you know. And I'm I'm in the I'm in the sort of the social media world and it's really important that you can present and speak and communicate in the right way. So if I can do that better, then I'm, I'm continuing to improve. If we roll back the clock to you know, young Andy before, before me and my golf. And I think you, you had a post the other day about talking about school. What was young Andy like that's different to Andy now? I would say I've always been competitive. So for me, I think I didn't necessarily really enjoy school. I was always I was always into sports. So sports was was what I just loved to do. I loved to play and, and compete and did loads of sports, like loads, swimming, football, table tennis, tennis, you know, the whole lot really. And I just loved to to compete and and and, and in sports and, and do that stuff. But I didn't really see school wasn't really it wasn't really I don't know, I just found it quite boring because I just knew that nothing that I was doing in school was really related to actually what I wanted to do. And I don't think I actually realized, I don't think I realized wanted, what I wanted to do until sort of later on. Yeah, I always loved golf and I wanted to coach and that was a, a really important thing for me. And, and, and school was an outlet to, to enable me to get to that. I think I would say the young Andy was, didn't necessarily have the belief that he could do, that he, that he could achieve anything, really. I think I was probably maybe due to surrounding in, in, in the environment that I was in is maybe just a little um, closed off to what's possible. Mm. But you know, that's, that's from no fault of anybody. It's just your environment you're in and the world, the world that you're in. Yeah. Whereas I think once we, once we actually got out of our job, once we stopped coaching from a, um, once we quit our Academy to have a bit of time out to, to figure out what the next step was in 2012, it enabled us to really sort of broaden our minds. We went traveling, done a load of stuff, broaden our minds. And then it was all of a sudden, okay, we had a clear vision of, of what the future was going to be. And um, I think that's when it started to change, really. It was like, okay, there's, there's, a, there's something bigger and better and we can really make a difference in the world here now. And that was really in the evolutionary part of online business. Was It was a thing, but it was still developing, certainly online Golf was, you guys were probably the first to, to take golf and golf media, uh, you know, call it that, to an online audience. Is, that's how I, I see it. It was, it was a big step back then. Yeah, it was a big step. But I think because we were just so certain it was gonna, that's where the future was going to be, yeah. it was like, it was a no-brainer. Yeah. And, you know, we, 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 we quit the academy because we knew that this academy, we loved coaching and we, were, you know, we, were, we built this academy up and it was re- doing really great. And then we, we knew that it wasn't the – we knew that we wanted to do something bigger and better, and that's why we quit it. Because we knew if we quit it, we'd have to do, we'd have to be, we'd be forced into doing something bigger and better. Mm. And um, having that time out to do that was was a good opportunity to see the future and go, where's things going? And then we started this online stuff, and, and then we said, okay, well, this is there's something in this, and we sort of said, right, okay, if we're patient and we work for a couple of years for and not really earn any cash, we're just going to work and. And put everything into this, then we'll we'll get something back at the end of it, and uh, just focused on putting out good stuff and 
not really thought about it, just got our heads down and worked. So when you say not really thought about it and just put your head down and worked, it was you had a plan and putting out video content and, and just, just kept grinding away? Or you know, Did you have people around you that were, you know, helping steer some of that uh, direction? No, not really, no. It was, um, it was more just me and Pierce. Yeah. We were just – it was something that we just – we said, well, this is where the future is going to be. Yeah. We just knew that, that we could create something big online. And all we just focused on was, it's funny because I'm reading a book at the moment and it, you know, we, we, I'm, I'm, I'm big on, on setting goals. Mm-hmm. But there's a book at the moment that says, focus, and I'm just, I was reading a page of the day and it was like, focus on growth over goals. And I think what we did really well, in the, certainly in the first you know, the first couple of years of me and my golf is we had our goals. We knew where that we wanted to, what we wanted to do. But all we ever did was just focused on growth. We just wanted to continue to get better. How can we put out a better content this week? How can we improve the graphics? How can we improve this? The question that we were just always asking is how can we improve? Mm-hmm. So our mindset was continually just, just growth. It was a growth mindset as opposed to just, okay, how can we get to that goal? We were just working every week going, how can this video be better? How can our content be better? How can we deliver it in a better way? Every aspect of what we did was always about how can we improve? And I think being, you know, you, you put that with the consistency of what we did and the patience that we had, that's, that's really sort of part of, of, of why we've, you know, been able to do what we've done because we were just patient, consistent, but we always continue to get better and deliver some good value over, over the weeks. Now, if we fast forward then to when you're thinking about putting the Live Like a Legend podcast together, when did you realize yeah. that that was something that you wanted to do? And you know, was there a, a sliding doors moment? Was there, you know, did something happen that sort of gave you the catalyst to say, "Yes, I'm, I'm going to go and do this podcast over here and tune in every Monday when you want to." What happened there? Yeah, I think it, I think it was more of a gradual thing. You know, as I started to get, as the business grew for me and my golf, it was quite evident that. I needed to grow with it in, in order to, be, to improve. And I think, you know, me and Pierce, we both love learning. You know, we really enjoy learning. But I think one of the realizations that certainly that I had early on, or I well, say early on, early on in me and my golf was, okay, if I want to create a, a world-class business, I need to learn more than just the golf swing. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't just continue to just study you know, the backswing and, and, and the, the, the mechanics of the golf swing, that isn't going to enable me to live the life that I want to live. So I need to, I need to branch off and, and, and grow in other areas. That might be from business, that might be from, you know, from, you know, marketing, all these other areas, the leadership, for instance. I'm like, well, okay, I need to, I need to branch off and start to improve in all other areas if we're going to run a successful business and grow, grow this, this sort of, this brand, if you like. So, that's when I spoke, I went more and more deep into learning, reading, listening all the time, trying to get as much information from people who've been there, done that in, in lots of areas. So that passion for me then was probably more ignited and going, God, this is great. I just love learning and I'm discovering things all the time that I can then give back to other people and, and share and put into our business. And um, I'd listened to a few podcasts. And I think, you know, I'd listen to podcasts from people who, who I suppose I'd followed for a while and, and I could relate to them. And they'd, they created a podcast. And I'm thinking, okay, well, they created a podcast. This is something that I, I really want to do. I really want to share. I want to share what I'm learning. I want to share that actually that 
what I've experienced and maybe how I've how I've changed over the years from from a guy who probably didn't necessarily believe some of the things that have happened over the last 10 years I'm like I would have never believed that they would have been possible I w- you know I wouldn't have believed that I, I I could have achieved that and 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 had the experiences that I've had so so I think to myself back when I was younger okay well I'm I'm thinking well the mindset that I had was wasn't there so if I can impart some of that mindset onto other people of actually they can they can ha- really achieve some some great things if they if they actually believe they can and they've got the right mindset and they continue to learn and and so for me the live like a legend podcast is is all about sharing my experiences from what in the past but showing that I'm continually continually growing now always learning because I want to I want other people to be able to experience and and stretch themselves and and do things that they probably haven't thought possible you know and I think that's that's probably where the 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 I suppose the the, the catalyst behind it all really and it's a, I think with everything there's a there's a powerful why behind something and and I think when you have a burning desire it was just something that I felt felt I'm like this is something that I just need to do and when you feel like there's something that you need to do there's still all this all this fear and uncertainty I've got to create a podcast it's all new I've never done this before on my own it's like all these things go through your mind and then you just got to go well just suck it up and do it and just get it done yeah. and just do it you know you don't feel ready you don't feel ready to do it but you just got to do it and make a start and 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 um, learn as you go. The thing for me in listening to your podcast and is that some of those challenges and some of those you know, vulnerabilities that you, you've, you've been prepared to share and just give a little bit of an insight into what you're going through. And, and for me, I, I listen to a number of podcasts and, and podcasting um, or listening to podcasts changed my life, you know, especially with a two-hour commute in and out of the city. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah. just remember the day when – I reconnected with podcasting. It's something that I'd let go. I went from a situation where I didn't want to go to work and drive two hours and sit in the traffic where I couldn't drive long enough because I didn't want to get yeah, out. Yeah, of the, like, I, I want a four-hour commute. Exactly. I didn't <laughs> want to get out of the car. And and that for yeah. me was was a catalyst for, for doing it. But back to your podcast, um, that those little vulnerabilities and the challenges that you face that you're prepared to share, I think that sets your podcast apart from a lot of others that I've listened to. And I think the connection there is it just makes for a better connection in terms of the message that you're bringing across to people, I don't know. Just for me, it, it resonates, and I know for you know, I sit some of those journeys in the in the um, the Monday mornings because we get your podcast on a Monday morning, and I might listen to it every couple of weeks. I had had my son um, taking him into his little role in the city, and we listened to it together, and and just to see you know a young 19 year old listening as intently as his old man, and then turning around with him and having a chat about some of the content and some of the things yeah, that we yeah. discussed, it was. It was a great time of uh, of that journey and great time in my life. You know that sort of six months when I was giving him a lift. It was it was really positive. So you know, I yeah, just thought definitely. I'd sure to share that with you that you've had an influence on an old boy like me and a young fellow like like my son. And and we both still listen and tune in at different times. But um, yeah, that's why I thought that podcast is been successful because it just resonates with so many people. <clears throat> and as a golfer, it just means yeah, there's that extra connection there of, of a golf. Yeah, you know, that golf connection there, but because uh, I know that you're out there coaching in a golf business, doing what you do, but you've got this other you know area of interest. And for me, that's a little bit like this podcast and, and my business. So you know, con- congratulations. Well, yeah, well, thank you. No, it's it's a it's um I think it's really important in today's world that, especially with social media, how <clears throat> you know it portrays a lot of the good stuff, and it you know, and there's a lot of negativity around social media because it I think it it's um. It, it, 
it feeds comparison, which is the which is the negative thing. You know, people are looking on social media and comparing themselves and comparing their lives to other people who they're watching, but then they they don't really understand that what people show is just the, all the good stuff. You know, and um, I think for me, the the podcast is an opportunity to, you know, my life's not perfect, and I think you know we need people to to let to let other people know that it's okay to feel nervous it's okay to feel down or you know we all have these insecurities or or thoughts or whatever it is and i think that helps people that helps people mm. more than just saying okay i'm this perfect person you go and do this you know i don't want to just i don't my podcast isn't there to go and tell people how to live a better life it's more of like i want to show share some of the things that that maybe have worked for me mm-hmm. some of the things that maybe i've struggled with and what i've done to sort of deal with them and push through and show people that um you know so it's not all just perfect and rosy and i think it 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 definitely you can connect more with people like that and you can influence them more with people like that you're going to impact more people being more vulnerable and it's not easy to be vulnerable it's not an easy thing you know mm-hmm. we're all we all yeah. sort of put on this mask of wanting to come across as as strong and especially men probably men more so than anything 100%. women i think it's a bit more a bit easier to be vulnerable but you know with with guys it's definitely um it's definitely not not as easy and i think it's uh, it's more courageous you know vulnerability is basically just having courage mm-hmm. and the more vulnerable vulnerable you are you're actually being more courageous and i think most men would want to be more courageous but they don't want to be vulnerable <laughs> yeah but you don't get one without the other so for me it's a it's a strong point and it's the, the, the weird thing is about the podcast for me, it's, it's actually a bit like therapy as well. It's like I, I get to just vent some of the things that I'm thinking about and um, it's, great, it's a great outlet for me to dump that. And, and if it impacts somebody, then, then amazing. If it impacts one person, I'm happy. No, I think, I think you know it's impacting <clears throat> many and, uh, and that's a great thing. You've had the opportunity through the podcast to talk to some great guests and, and do some great things. Who's been your most influential guest, do you think? What would be some of the key things out of all of the guests? You know, who would you highlight? You know, what would you pick off as a highlight reel for some of the guests that you've spoken to? I think some of my, I mean, I had a guy on recently who I followed for a while called Jay Alderton. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether you listened to that one about yeah. building a personal brand. Yeah, I did. Um, he, he, he's probably one of the reasons I started my podcast as well. And um, we, I was, we were on his podcast years ago. He interviewed us, me and Pierce, about me and my golf. And uh, he started, obviously, his podcast. I was listening to his. And I had him on because he was, he was somebody who I sort of followed and, and really liked what he did. And he's ex-military, and he, he's all about getting routines and habits. And, you know, routines and habits basically shape your life. And uh, it's just creating good habits and good, you know, if you, if you want to look at um, where you want to be, a good predictor of where you want to be in the future with anything is, is, is what, your, what your day's like. You know, if you're... If your day is good consistently, then your week's good. And if your weeks are good, your months are good. But if your days aren't good, then, you know, that's a, that's, that's a great predictor of where you're going to be as well. So if you want a good, if you want to be somewhere in two or three years time with your business, with your health, whatever it is, then you need to look at what you're doing today because it's, it's the, you know, it's the, it's the daily habits which actually set yourself up for the, success later on down in life so something that he does extremely well he he manages his days very good he's he's he gets up really early which is something again that i do now um i want to get up early and uh and just crack on this morning i was up i went for a 
I've had a five mile walk this morning at 6.30 mm-hmm. because I know that if I do that, it sets me up for the day. You know, I'm back, I feel great, I'll have a good breakfast and then I'm ready to go. And um, I actually didn't do it yesterday and I had a bit of a crappy day. And yesterday I was like, I don't feel great today. I'd, I had a bit of a lie-in, I didn't feel great. And I was like, yeah, I was frustrated, bit of a, a crappy day. And, you know, part of that is down to having a crappy morning. Mm. If you start with a great morning, your days, are, for me, I just know if I start with a great morning, get my exercise in, do the things that I like to do, then I've got so much more chance of having a great day. But if I start with a crap morning, generally, I'm going to have a crappy day. So creating a, a, your, your, the, like the perfect day for you is so important, but create the perfect morning and it's so much easier to create the perfect day. So I'd say for him, he's probably one of, the, yeah, probably one of my best guests. Another guy, Carl Morris, he's been a, a massive influence on me from a, um, I suppose, from a mental side, a mind side. He's, uh, I went to his course about in 2006 or seven, and that's probably where it all changed. I think you mentioned in some of the notes that you sent over, Ross. Yeah, who was that? About the aha moments. Yeah. And I think that, that week in 2000, I think it was 2006 or seven, was a was an aha moment for me in terms of in terms of this in terms of between the years I was like wow I've been missing out I've been running just on autopilot yeah. and now it was like right now I have some control and power over this and it was like that was the aha moment for me I was like right okay now we can you know we can unlock some more potential and develop some self awareness I found Carl very easy to listen to you know I could yeah. I, I came off that podcast and I went and investigated when his next coaching seminars were and, yeah. uh, you know, cause I spent a little bit of time in the UK and I thought maybe there's a bit of time that I can align one of his courses and do that. And, uh, but I, I certainly, he was a guest that I listened to and I thought, yep, yeah, no, I resonate with his, uh, his tone and his message and just the way that he, he went about it. it was, and, uh, yeah, it was good. He's but, a great guy and he keeps things simple. You know, the, I think what Carl does, which I like is, is you, you you know, what I always want to deliver is something practical that people can do. Mm. Like what can people do now? Like straight away from this podcast, can they do anything and act, take action and that's going to make a difference no matter how small it is. And Paul, Carl does some really, you know, you know, psychology, if you like, which is, I suppose, the game that he's in. It sounds quite technical, but really what, what Carl does, he delivers things in such a simple way that goes, well, why don't you try this? This is something that you can do in the morning and this will have an impact on your life. It's like really simple, practical things that it doesn't need to be complicated. And uh, I think that's what I like about Carly delivers it in a very simple, easy way. So if you were a, had a young golf pro on your team that uh, had you know, done his traineeship, what would be the things that you could tell him today that he could implement tomorrow that's going to help set him on his way of being a better coach, player, advisor, person? From a golf from a golf pro's perspective, I would say the first thing I would say is that he should he should be learning every day. You know, commit to daily learning, whether it's a podcast, an audio book, or, or or a book, but just have some level of of um of daily learning, um because that's just a game changer, and it's that you know that builds up over time, and that's going to give you a head start. So I would say that would be a key thing. Um, I, I'd say for, as a person, I'd say. I think one thing that I really enjoy doing is gratitude. I think when you're growing up and you're as a young, a young lad, I don't think I appreciated things as much 
you know, we're not in a, we, you know, we, I think human beings are, are designed to, to notice the negative, you know, we're hardwired to notice what's negative in the world. So I practice, you know, I do a journal every morning and, and I'm practicing gratitude because it helps me appreciate the things that I have and go, well, okay, what are the things I'm grateful for today? Because we go through life and we're always wanting more. And when you're, when you're goal orientated and you want to look for down the line, oh, you know, I want to achieve this, I want to do this. Sometimes you can sort of, you know, stop mistaking stock of where you are and what you've got and, and appreciating the things you have around you. So I think that's a really important thing for me, deliberate gratitude. And I, I suppose from a, from a coaching perspective, I would say that to, to, to go and seek out some, some people who, who you look up to, some of the coaches, go and spend time with them. You know, because like I said at the start, people who people who've achieved anything or, or are doing anything decent generally want to share it and they're happy to share it. So I'd say don't be afraid to go and reach out to people and say, Can I come and watch you coach? Because I think if you go and watch somebody coach, it's it, it's so powerful. You can see how they interact, they communicate, they tell stories, some of the drills that they do. Uh, we did it quite a few times when we went away. And it's just a really important part of of learning to coach. The more you can see other people do it. You can develop then your own philosophy of what you like to see and what you like to, to do as a coach. And um, I think getting as much info from other coaches and watching their approach to it is, is key. I mean, there's, there's, we could go on there's so much. I think there's, you know, I think always trying to, trying to see where things are going. I think the, the, the best people are always predicting where things are going to go. They're always looking at where, where, where is it going and, and what's, what's going to happen in the future. Um, they can definitely see more than they can definitely see more than than others so i would always think okay well look at what's look at where you think you know where you think things are going so in the current time then with this uh covid19 situation that we all find ourselves in, in you've been working from home all of your team's been working from home i believe it's a time of great opportunity and i think we were talking offline there before and you basically agreed what do you think the golf industry can learn from this this current time moving forward be a golf courses, some of the golf brands, any, anything. But what can golf learn from this current time? I think, the, I think golf can learn definitely, first of all, that they should 100% have a digital presence and have, some, and have some, from a business standpoint, they need to be online and they need to be thinking about, you know, creating a community online. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be a golf club, you know, whether, it, whether it's the, the local golf club creating a, a, an Instagram page or a Facebook page and having a private members group where they're really engaging people in, in, in whatever they're doing, what's going on at the golf club. Can the pro put a tip in the Facebook group or, you know, they should have something that they're trying to build this, this community for, um, for their customers, you know, golf's like it's, you know, especially for memberships of golf clubs, it's, it's so important that we can keep them and it's gotta be more now, I think than, um, than just a just a membership. So I think having having something online is key from a marketing standpoint. And the same for coaches. You know, the co- for coaches out there who want to learn how, or or they want to coach, then people can discover them. You know, not only can people go for lessons online or or in person, but also there's opportunities out there for for work with brands and and you know other things like that. And there's so much opportunity out there online if you're prepared to be consistent and put stuff out there. So I would say. Getting um, getting a presence on social media, being consistent with it, is is crucial for for any any person in the golf industry. Um, I think I, I think one thing for golfers, I think as well that I would like people to take from this is just to when they're out on the golf course, is to actually to experience golf a little more. 
I think we've all missed golf now and I'd like people to actually just enjoy it a little bit more because I see so many golfers who go go out there every week and they end up being really annoyed and they're frustrated and it's like, well, they're playing every week and they're not necessarily enjoying the experience. You know, they've, they've got all these false expectations and things like that and they're not really grateful for the time they've got on the golf course with their friends and things like that. So I think hopefully that this is giving people a new appreciation to some of the things that they're missing. You know, for some people, their whole social life is golf. They only go to golf because that's where their friends go. And they probably took that for granted. And now they're missing it. They're going, actually, I, I miss that. So I'd, I'd love people to get when they do get back out there to just be really appreciative and go, well, I want to enjoy my golf a little bit more now. Because, you know, why, why play if you're going to be annoyed yeah. every single week and come off and, and be frustrated because... You know, you're gonna if you're if, if every time you come off the golf course you're frustrated because you haven't played how you wanted to, well you're gonna be disappointed every single time you go out. It's been a great time to practice patience uh, in missing golf. Uh, I think uh, those that you know have learnt that skill of of patience and you know being respectful of the rules that are in place and just acknowledging the fact that golf will come back and when it does come back, as you say, respect what we've got and appreciate it. I think uh, that's a really important thing. But, uh, you know, out, out here in Melbourne, in Victoria, as you know, we've got states. Um, in Victoria, golf's banned. In New South Wales, up in Sydney and also in Brisbane, golf is allowed to be played. So there's been yeah. this massive campaign against our uh, Premier. And I don't want to be political. It's not a political thing. But he's he said, no, I told you I'll make a decision on a certain date and I won't make a decision until then. So until then, we can all go without golf. Yeah. And he's a member at Kingston Heath. So, you know, he, yeah. he's got a vested interest. And there's been this massive campaign against against him, which is in my interest as a golf business person to have people playing golf. I get it. But I just feel for me, you know, like I've been able to, to process that, have some patience around and respect for the decision and understand that, you know, I can't do anything about it. I can't change. I can't change it. Um, yeah. So I just have to keep doing the best I do day to day and get ready for when it does come. And when yeah. it does come, be in that position of, you know what, I've really missed this. So I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. And it's you know, there's bigger things going on than than a game of golf at the moment. Correct. You know, it's um, <laughs> yeah, we've got to get through this coronavirus and get out of it, and then we can enjoy it. You know, there's no point in rushing back if it's going to cause problems. And I think people there are just obviously being a little bit more selfish to their needs and as opposed to everybody else's but i think uh golf will come back when it when it's ready and that's got that's decided on the you know the, the people in charge so i'm not i'm certainly not going okay why aren't we getting on the golf course now i'm like well look as soon as people say you can go on the golf course we're going to go out there and play yep. and that's that's the way i'm looking at it it's uh you know we're in the situation until we're told any different and the people who the people who are in charge know a lot more about it than us correct <laughs> one thing that can't happen until you know, we get past this is travel and you, know, you can't go back to California. <clears throat> yeah. So you've been open about your desire to experience life in California. What's brought that about? Why California? What is it uh, that you find attractive about California? I think I understand, but you know, it's a big move. It's a big move away from everything that yeah. uh, you've built and the team around you. And that. It's, I'm just interested to, to, I guess, understand that whether you are prepared to share or not, but I'm just interested yeah, to yeah. know that. Something I've always wanted to do for, a, I would say now, I would say probably at least 10 years, maybe even more. I've always looked at California and just thought, that's where I want to be. Mm. And then when I first visited to San Diego in 2012, I got there and I was like, yep, yeah, 
this is the place for me. This is the place where I want to be. And it just so happens that a lot of the golf brands out there, I've got, I've got a lot of friends out there who are English who've moved out there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's the climate's great. It's, it's like, I mean, it's a beautiful day here today in the UK. It's, you know, clear blue skies. It's not too cold. And it's like that most of the year. Whereas obviously with the UK between October and March, it's pretty cold and, and pretty crappy weather. So in a, to you know to to play golf and to continue to to create the stuff that we do and create content it's the perfect place and um you know it gets to i play golf between probably april and april and september but i'd love to be able to play golf all the way through the year but i don't want to play golf if i've got five layers of clothes on my hands are freezing and i'm traipsing around in the mud I just you know I, I, golf isn't i don't want to do that i want to really enjoy that experience and and, and for me, being in a slightly warmer climate, it just helps me enjoy that experience. Yeah. And um, and California is just beautiful. I mean, the people are nice. the The beach is there. It's a it's a lifestyle choice as well. It's business. It's a business decision, and it's a lifestyle yeah. decision because I want to be able to, um, you know, experience life as well. At the moment in the UK, I, I work a lot. You know, if um, if, if I've got nothing to do, I'll probably end up working, <laughs> which in one, in one side of things is good, but at the same time of things, I'm like, I want to be able to be in a place that, that gives me some options to do more lifestyle choices, and California is definitely one of those places. It would be remiss of me not to talk about your, and from a me and my golf's perspective, your partners, and you know, you've been discussed the, the value of partnerships before. You've got some great partners that you've had for a long time. You know, I remember if I think about some of the words that I've given, you know, not advice, but just some counsel to some people, especially in the social media space and people with a, you know, small businesses and golf and sponsorships, you know, can I partner with that brand or that brand or that brand? And my advice has always been, unless you can offer them some value and unless you're prepared to commit to them for a long period or a period that's, you know, of equitable value, it's not worth having a partnership. Now, your partnerships yeah. have been upheld for a long time and some great iconic brands. I, I think the listeners would get a lot out of just you know, hearing you tell us about the value of those brands and how you approach those companies. Yeah, so we've got, I mean, we've got Audi, Audemars Piguet, Adidas and TaylorMade, and they are all great brands to be a part of. And I think in the early days, we, we didn't necessarily know what it entailed. So it's been a learning you know, experience for us. And I think at the start, we, you know, we, we wanted them because we were like, okay, we, look, we need some clothes. It'd be nice to have some good clothes to wear and it'll be nice to have some decent clubs that we can, they can give us. But, but since, so in, in the probably early days, it was, it was more of a selfish thing. Like, okay, what can we get? Can we get some clubs from them? We'll give them exposure, blah, blah, blah. And that was as much as we thought potentially it might be. But as, the, as that grew, then it was like, okay, well, you look at it and go, well, how can we add value to, to these brands? What can we do for these brands that can really add value? So for instance, like Audi and Audemars Piguet, the key things that we do, like Audi has like a world final competition every year and we go and help host that event where we'll coach all the guests and we're part of that experience to add value to that event, which is really important to them. So that, you know, us, them having us there is a, is a, is a great bonus for the guests there because they get to experience some, some coaching with us. In person so that's the value that we provide for them as well as the logo and, and uh, other things that we do um, and the same for Odomar Piguet. Odomar Piguet we do uh, two to three events a year for them where their key clients they will ask us to go out to certain events and, and be a part of that event and, and coach them play golf with them and, and enhance that experience and um, 
uh, yeah, and I suppose from a tailor made in Adidas, similar things. We don't necessarily do events, but we've done a couple for Adidas. But a lot of the time, it might be worth it might be us doing content for them and 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 showcasing the products in a good way, or talking about you know giving some coaching, but using the products in a good way. So, I think with these brands, it's always about what what can we do for them, but also yeah, what can it's a two way thing, and it's I think it's always we're always looking for the win win in everything that we do. It's like well, it's not just about us. It's okay. How can we? How can they benefit us? But how can we really benefit their brand? And as long as we're looking to get the best out of each of us, and it is a partnership, and this is why we don't necessarily refer to it as a sponsorship, mm. because a sponsorship is, is sort of a one-way thing, where a partnership is is definitely a two-way thing. So we're always looking to look. How can we help you? You know, what's important to TaylorMade? You know, what's important to them? And then it's like, okay, well, if if that's important to you, how can we really add value to that? Instead of us thinking, well, what can they give to us? If you flip it all the time and go and ask them the question, what's important for you? And can I help with that? Like in this time recently, um, Adidas and TaylorMade have said, you know, that they're not in a great position because obviously all the stores are closed and things like that. And they've said, oh, could you guys come and, you know, could you create some content for us that, can, that we can use on our platform? And we're like, yeah, of course we can. So we, you know, we'll create content for them. They can distribute it to their, their audience and, in a time like this, that's important for them. So we do our best to go, yeah, of course we can. We'll do that for you and, and no problem at all. So it's always about just, and all, always long-term, any partnership that we do, we get approached by a few brands who will go, and we, we luckily we've got a manager now who sorts that out, but he might bring something to us and say, okay, we've got this company who they want to do this. And we turn so many down because if it doesn't fit, if it doesn't fit with our values, and it, then it, it's not right. And we always think, well, how can the how can the partnerships help our following? And does it align with what we're doing? You know, if somebody come to us and said, oh, it's a it's a beer brand, and they want to pay you X amount to do some content, we're like, well, what what what's what benefit does that give to our audience? There's no benefit there. Yeah. Whereas if it's a um, a product that we think is really useful to to our, our followers. And we're like, well, actually, that's a really good tie-in. That's going to give our following some benefits. There's a, there's a synergy between us and that other brand, and it could be a long-term thing, then we'll do it. But it always comes back to the audience. If the audience look at you and think you've just done this for the money and you've done it for yourselves without thinking of them, then it's, um, it can be detrimental. It might look great from a financial standpoint quickly if you think, oh, we need some cash, but we would never do anything like that. Yeah. Because your image and your brand, you've got to protect your brand and your and your and your following. The most important thing for us are the followers and our members. That that's that's the number one. And as soon as we as soon as we lose the trust of those guys, then we haven't got we haven't got a brand and we haven't got a business. So everything has to come back to them. Last thing, I had some quick fire questions because I know you like to do quick fire questions, but uh, I think I've taken up too much of your time. But I was going to ask you for uh, your favorite books. That was the quick fire questions. What are you what <clears throat> What are your top five books? Can you rattle off? Because you're famous for for me anyway. Um, talking about books and some of the books that you've read, Miracle Morning, all that sort of thing. Um, what are, what are some yeah. of the favourites? Couple that jump out to mind. There's one called The One. Actually, The One Thing by I think it's Gary Keller. I think his name is. That's a really good book. I couldn't put that down. I was like, I was just, just yeah, hooked on that one. That's a really good book. I'm on one now actually, which is a leadership book. It's called um, which I'm finding really beneficial. It's called Leader Shift by John Maxwell. John Maxwell is a famous leadership guy. And like, I think he's wrote like 35 books. He's done loads of stuff, but that's really good. 
What are the books I've read that are really good? I think some that have really Im- impacted me are How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oldie That's a really old book. Howdy bit of goody. Yeah, it is a really good one. Um, Stephen Covey, The Seven Principles of Highly Effective People. That's a good one. These are quite old ones. Napoleon Hill is a really good one. Think, fa- um, think and Grow Rich. And I'm just trying to think of a couple of others. The Miracle Equation by Hal Elrod is good. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, mir- there's, you know, I've got, I've got so many. Hal Elrod's the, he's he the mir- miracle morning. Yeah. 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 He's the miracle morning guy. He's done one called the miracle equation, which is really interesting. Actually, that's a very good book. Highly recommend that one. And, um, I'm trying to think of the books I've read recently. These are all sort of business and development books. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, there's this, yeah, I've got numerous. I've got one I'm starting at the moment, which is, um, high performance habits by Brendan Brashard. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got, uh, I could, I could carry on. I've got loads. Why We Sleep, there's a good one there on sleep and how that impacts performance. That's a really good one. I'll write these down and send them out to everyone. <laughs> yeah. John, John Lee Dumas. That was a, oh, John Lee Dumas, yeah. That was a special yeah. guest to, to get on. What was it like when you were trying to get uh, John Lee Dumas to come onto the podcast? Do, do you know what? It was, uh, I li- I've been, I listened to his podcast for a little while and then I was just like, I need to get some guests on the podcast. Who would I want on? And I just emailed him. I messaged him his Instagram channel, and they messaged back saying email, and we'll and then we'll get back to you. And we emailed and says, yeah, that's, it was it was like it wasn't hard at all. And I just I actually thought he's not going to come on the podcast. He probably won't come on the podcast because it's probably not big enough for him. But I was like, I'm going to reach out anyway and ask because again, if you don't ask, you don't get. And I was like, surprising when you do ask the people that you can get on. And he only had 15 minutes, but 15 minutes was good. So well, mate, you just got to be prepared to ask a little bit, really. And I think I could talk for, for ages and, and keep going on. And I think that's a nice note for us to I just wind, wind it up on. You know, I asked you and I didn't think that uh, I would get any anywhere, but uh, I shouldn't have assumed because I should just I just asked and you were kind enough to uh, to accept. And I really do appreciate that. Uh, it's meant a lot well, to pleasure. me. Pleasure. Pleasure. I think it's good that, you know, you're good that what you're doing and, you know, the fact that you you were honest at the start about saying, you know, how you felt before the podcast, it's, you know, that's a, that's a great thing as well. And to continue to do what you do because it's uh, you're obviously doing some good things as well, Ross. So congratulations to you. This will be the 69th or 70th episode. So uh, must be something, yeah. must be something going. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? It's, I'm sure it's helping people out there. And uh, if you're passionate about doing it and you want to do it, just continue to do it. That's the, the you know, that's the important thing. Andy Proudman, I am passionate about having great conversations with people who have a life in and around golf, about their golf and about their personal experience. And hopefully uh, we've, in a short space of time, ticked off a little bit of that for you and for uh, my listeners today. I appreciate your time. I love what you're doing. I love following along. Uh, the Monday morning when uh, I see you've uploaded a podcast, like tuning in, you always respond to a message uh, and I really do appreciate that and I'm very grateful of it mate so once again my pleasure no problem at all thanks very much andy and everyone i'll put in the show notes where you can reach out to andy where do we get you andy you tell yeah just andy proudman on instagram generally where that's probably the most popular one that i use so just at andy proudman beautiful mate thanks again and uh thanks for listening to the mile of golf podcast 